show number 11 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. It goes to 11. It goes to 11? It does. <gasps> wow, that is really <laughs> amazing. That means this one is, is one louder. Than it is, it one. is. And uh, it, you'll notice it right away because ours goes to 11. <laughs> The only podcast that goes to 11. Well, we're back. <laughs> That's what the t-shirts That's will say. That's what the t-shirts will say. This one goes to 11. I think maybe every show will be show 11 from now on. Oh, it's just a whole string of 11. How cool. <laughs> and it'd be like real life then, you know, totally random, unpredictable. Yeah. I'm going to listen to another show 11 uh, Another show 11. One in a series of 11s. <laughs> So we have got, once again, more news than we could possibly talk about in like a week because stuff is always happening in the Star Trek universe, despite the fact that now there's no Star Trek on the air, <laughs> there's no movies, there's no nothing, and yet there is Trek news every day. Yep, and it's because the fans now have to generate it. Oh, it's fan-generated news. It's fan-generated. No, but I mean, we. Oh, no, I think I, fans are aware. we got to keep it going, yeah. you know. Well, it's working. It's it, working. It's totally working. So we have a couple emails <clears throat> that we wanted to read, especially uh, based on the, some previous podcasts that we had done. Um, and I wanted to get the administrative stuff out of the way right up front because we always forget to do it. So the first thing is that uh, we have our website, which is lookathisbutt.com. No, no. The first, first thing is the name of the show <laughs> the is name of the show. Look At His Butt. But how many shows have you listened to of us going, what the hell is this? It's look at his butt. That's the name of our show. So now you can do the second first thing. So the second first thing is that the website is lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. And you should go to the website because uh, I always try to make the show notes really funny. <laughs> and they are. She does a great job. And there is always a picture. So every podcast has a picture attached to it, which might be linked to some other things and usually and, is a funny caption. And that's yeah. where we also post uh, clips. Mm -hmm. Links to things we talk about, mm -hmm. so, you know, you can actually see them or listen to them. Yeah, there's a wealth of material there. There's a lot of stuff. And you can leave comments there, which we love. We love that, and uh, our email address this is lookathisbutt at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. And thank you to everybody who's been sending us mail, because we've gotten quite a lot of mail, which is just so wonderful. Uh, the other thing that's on... The lookathisbutt.blogspot.com are links to our own individual websites. So mine is troubledscience.com, and there's mostly fiction there and some snarky things that might make you laugh. I was just looking at one today. And then there's um, Jungle Kitty's site, which, which is, is Invisible, Invisible Planets. Planets. And there's mostly fiction there. There's mm -hmm. also, you know, some some pictures and, and snarky stuff that'll mm -hmm. make you laugh, con reports, things like that. And... Uh, if you want to address email to me, I don't publish my email address because I was getting spammed to <laughs> death. But if you sign my guest book and leave your email address, <laughs> I will write back to you. Yes. So thank you, everybody, for all the feedback. The next thing that I wanted to get to on the show concerns the Vibrance Razor, which we have to talk about in, like, every show. Because, because. It's, it's a theme for us now. So, so far, we haven't really heard from anybody who's bought one and tried it, and I've asked... We did hear from somebody who bought it, but we didn't hear we didn't about hear how test it results, out. anything. And I haven't heard from any of my friends or anything like that. I even checked around at, like, um, epinions.com to see if I could find actual reviews of people who have used it, and nobody seems to do it. So, somebody's buying these damn things, and they're using them. We suppose. So, But in, they're too happy to type. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the interest of public knowledge, I bought one. It's sitting here on the couch. And I'm scared of the thing. And I'm going to give it to somebody as a test 
and they are going to have to report back to us. Okay. So, person who gets this, which I'm not going to reveal right now, you have to tell us two things. One, how does it work as a razor? I hope it doesn't cut you. <laughs> I really hope. But it we are not cut responsible. You. We are in no way liable if you get <laughs> injured by using this thing. And number two, how does it work as a sex toy? That's what I want to know. Okay. So we will be sending this out to, to a person that we will choose, and we'll get a report back, which we will then read on the show, so everybody can know about it. Fantastic. So look forward to that. I, I will. All right. I will. I always want to know, you know, yeah. about the sex toys. Yeah. Always. Okay. Do we want to do our other sex toy thing while we're yeah, on the Yeah, we okay. the sex toy thing. Um, yesterday in the San Francisco Chronicle, Mark Morford, who is fast becoming a god at my house. Oh, I he's... have to read half his column out loud mm -hmm. to people every time I read it. But he pointed out, and I wasn't aware of this, that Amazon.com is selling sex toys. Lots of sex toys. Lots and lots of sex toys. And he's, he's a very funny writer. And what he was pointing out, and I thought this was absolutely great, was he is saying... This is now becoming normalized, mm -hmm. that you don't have to go to some really sleazy shop, you know, and, and deal with some, some creepy guy and to get your sex toys. You could just order them, and you can order them from a perfectly nice store. And mm -hmm. the other nice thing he was saying about Amazon is they haven't hidden this away. You have to sign up and have an adult-only password no. or anything. It's in the, uh, the health and beauty section, yeah. and there's a section called sex and sexuality. There's a ton of sex toys. Right. It's like right next to the Band-Aids. And you were saying... <laughs> Where they should be, the actually this razor should be right next, next to the band aids. I agree, and the styptic pencils. Yes, <laughs> but you were saying they had a big sale. They did have a big sale. I was made aware of this from another live journal community that I subscribe to called Gay Sex Tips, which provides m many hours of amusement plus some good information too. And somebody put posted there that. They have this section, and occasionally they'll have things really, really cheap, like 80 cents for a vibrator. The shipping is more than it actually costs, but, you know, if you're looking for a, a really good, cheap little vibrator that you want to take on a trip with you or something, go for it. Well, the other thing Mark mentioned, um, our two favorite sex toy sites, he did mention yes. Blowfish, and he did mention Good Vibrations. Yes. And if you want to go to a live store, a really nice one, the Good Vibrations is great. And he lists a whole bunch of similar stores mm -hmm. in other places in the country. But there's one thing I will take him to task on. I take issue with one statement he made. Mark Morford, I'm assuming by his name, is a guy. Yeah, he is. I've seen pictures of him. Okay. He's a guy. All right. So this guy said that the rabbit pearl I saw that. was overrated. Ugh. Mark, Ugh. I'm a woman. And I got to tell you, it's almost impossible to overrate the rabbit pearl. This is true. In any of its, its various form factors, because it comes with different little animals mm -hmm. in the little vibrating with the ears or the, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Or a dolphin. A dolphin. Yeah. They're the, all different The ones. dolphin pearl. The dolphin pearl. And they're all really interesting and good. And, yeah, I don't really see how it could be overrated. I don't see how you could overrate that. Yeah. I, I mean, um, actually, when I, uh, I used to watch the porn show... <laughs> That I based a story on. The story was called Talk Dirty to Me. I'm trying to remember the name. Oh, the name of the real porn show was Night Calls. Uh -huh. And it was hosted by two porn actresses. So these are women who have done everybody and everything. And one of them started talking about the rabbit pearl, and she was impressed. Oh. So this is a woman who's done her research. Hey, Miranda was addicted to hers on Sex in the City. <laughs> I know. It was one of the best episodes. They I had know. To do an intervention. <laughs> but the, the embarrassing thing is I was in my office working, my home office, and 
my husband yells, Hey, your vibrator's on Sex in the City. <laughs> like mine personally. They came and took it out of my, my drawer in my nightstand. But yes, it was a very good episode. It was a good episode. And you, but Mark, thank you for... Um, you know, telling everybody about yeah. Amazon. That's so great. Go buy your toys on Amazon. Go to Amazon, get your books, get your kitchen stuff, get your band-aids and your sex toys. And your music. And save on shipping. And save on shipping. What could be better? Yeah, how many sex toys do you have to buy to get the, the free shipping? Free the super shipping? saver shipping? I don't know. Maybe a hundred and eighty cent <laughs> sex toys. That'd be worth it. A great big box. Just and I'm thinking because they're eighty cents, they have to be like really little. And so I'm just thinking, just have them all over your body. Just turn them all on and go, ah! I think they would be more like stocking stuffers. Oh, that's so good. Speak. That's good. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving right along. Um, getting back to listener emails. We got a great email from one of our regular listeners whose name is Len. And he wrote in response to the show where we spent a lot of time talking about has been. So I'm going to just read some excerpts from it because there's something we wanted to expand on here. He says, thank you for your very respectful tribute to Mr. Shatner. I especially like the way you ended your show, ending with the words, but I'm real, which was the last part of the I'm real song. It was very poignant. And thank you for that because we thought yes. so too. Also, he goes on, I want to say how great it is to hear you gals being so high on Bill. We are. It makes it okay for me to like him again. For a long time, I was influenced by how he had been parodied in the media. But as a kid, I truly admired him as Kirk. You could almost say I had a man crush on Kirk. So in that way, I can relate. Kirk was a hero to my brother. He thought everything Kirk did was cool. I think he especially liked how successful he was with the ladies on the show. It's cool to hear he really was a stud and not just playing one on TV. I remember a comment my brother made once about how Kirk fought. Quote, when the other guys hit him, they get back up. But when Kirk hits them, they stay down. I love that. So that was really good. And thank you, Len, for making those comments. You write wonderful emails, and we'd love to get them. And... I, I, I love the whole thing. There's so many things in this I love. I love, first of all, um, saying for years you were influenced by the people mm -hmm. who parody them. And I think a lot of people who say, oh, I don't like William Shatner, have, have, have no idea who he is or haven't really seen him because yeah. he's been the butt of so many jokes. Mm -hmm. that they're thinking, oh, this guy has to be a total jerk and he can't possibly act. And, and I'm thinking some of you, you know, are, are just running with the crowd. So that was really cool. But the other thing I want to talk about is the man crush. And the idea of being impressed with his fighting. Mm -hmm. And it ties into something that was on a blog of a listener of ours who was talking about our show. And he said, um, this is seeing Shatner or Kirk through women's eyes. And then in parens it said, as a sex object. <laughs> Which I, I really liked. And I thought, yeah, you know, when, yes. when you and I watch the show, that's what we're thinking. Sex. We're mm -hmm. thinking how hot he is. And, I, you know, Len's email kind of opened my eyes because I, I've always sort of had my own prejudice that the appeal for guys of Star Trek was more the Star Trek world, the ships, the weapons, blah, 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 blah. And I think there's something more because Kirk is such an icon. Mm. And it's a very specific icon of masculinity. Mm -hmm. And so when you and I, as straight women, are looking at this, we're thinking, what a hot stud when guys are looking at him and responding to him as a an icon of masculinity it's something else 
And last week, I saw the movie Fight Club. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. I'm not giving it a, a strong recommendation, but the first half of it is very interesting. Brad Pitt and Edward Norton mm -hmm. play these two guys, and Edward Norton has um, this pointless life. He's got lots of stuff, but he's got this job he hates, and he he's just like a non-entity, and he ends up meeting Brad Pitt, and they end up starting this organization called the Fight Club. And the point of the fight club is to fight other guys. Mm. And it is not to fight them with the idea of they're your enemy or you want to beat the crap out of them. It is a way of reclaiming your manhood and of gaining self-respect and gaining respect for the guys you fight. And so they get together and you see these fights which are bare-fisted. There's no prize. It's not a prize mm -hmm. fight. But they're bare-fisted fights. They're very bloody. And at the end of the fight, whoever the two guys were, they're like hugging each other and saying, thanks for the great fight. And this is, this is how they relate. But at one point in the movie, they, they're having a discussion and one says to the other, if you could fight any celebrity, who would you fight? And the one says, Hemingway. First of all, I thought that was kind of odd mm. because Hemingway certainly is an icon of masculinity, mm -hmm. but for that generation of guy, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But then the other one says, Shatner. I'd fight Shatner. And in the context of the movie, it's not the idea of, I hate that mm -hmm. shit, I would like to beat the crap out of him. It's, that's the guy. He's the guy. Whose masculinity I want to go up against. Mm -hmm. That's the guy I want to share this with. Mm -hmm. And it was a real eye-opener for me. And, and seeing it at this, you know, very close to the time that Len sent us this email, to get a little understanding of, of what the appeal is for yeah. guys. Not all guys, but yeah. that, that that's what the icon is mm -hmm. of masculinity seen through the guy's eyes. That is very interesting. You know, we were talking once a long time ago <clears throat> about um, the appeal of the two leads on Star Trek and that it was really genius in making them the characters that they were because it split the audience right down the middle, mm -hmm. male and female. There's a certain type of person who's very much attracted to, and I mean that in the iconic way, to Kirk. And then there are people who are very much attracted to the Spock character. And, you know, probably if you did one of those weird Enneagram tests, it would tell you why you were attracted mm -hmm. to one over the other. But I, I see it as... Um, you can tell a lot about a person by which character that they prefer. That there are people who prefer Kirk because he is that very masculine guy. He's a very positive guy. He figures out these situations. He's really comfortable with himself. You know, he's got mm -hmm. issues, but he's secure in himself and goes forward and he's a leader and all that. He's like the alpha guy. Yes. And then there's the Spock character who's the troubled loner guy. And that definitely... And the outsider. The outsider, and he's got all this pain that he carries around, and he's very angsty on the inside, and he's not... He's a problem solver in the analytical sense, but he's never a leader, and he admits it. Yes. He's, he keeps saying, I don't want to be captain of the Enterprise. And how many fellow Trekkies do we know yeah. who have said that is why they identified yeah. this spot, because they were the outsider, they, they were interested in science, they were good at math or whatever, but, you know, they were always on, on mm -hmm. the outside of things. And the interesting thing to me is I think certainly fandom has grown and evolved, but for a long time that was, I think, the core fandom. Mm -hmm. And now I think part of it is because uh, Nimoy has you know really pulled back. He's not in public much anymore, but Bill is still right <laughs> out there and in many ways has embraced his Kirk as icon yeah. thing in a way he never did before. Mm -hmm. And I think more and more people are 
sort of coming out of the closet with their <laughs> I like Kirk thing because I have actually spoken to people who told me years ago they would go to cons with their I love Kirk shirt mm -hmm. or their Kirk t-shirt and other people would would argue with them and would call them hateful names mm. it was a very strange split there that's strange yeah that's weird but I think it's just interesting how they attract different types of people not better or worse just, right just different um, and you and I have seen too in fandom that there has always been a group of people who take the character of Kirk and turn him into Spock because they can't really bear to deal with him as a yes. character who is strong and comfortable in himself so they turn him into an angsty guy mm -hmm. which is so contrary to what his character is it's just like they gave him a personality transplant and right that is the worst kind of fan fiction where you know it's just the character and he has the name but he's not the character that you saw on the show and I think now there's more, but there didn't used to be a lot of fan fiction where Kirk was portrayed in that light. I mean, you've done a wonderful job. I think your Kirk is so true Thank to the you. character that he was. And, and other writers that we know have done a similar job. Yes. But there are an awful lot of people who just will refuse to, to give him that. It's true. It's true. So, there's our little dissertation on fanfic. Let's, uh, let's take a break and play Sounds some music, and we'll come back and talk about some more stuff. Very good. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. No, not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com. I have hit the blue button, Captain. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that! Oh, no, okay. the ship's going to blow That's up! That's the button you should never hit! Oh, no. Okay, but I did hit the blue button, so we're recording. And what we want to talk about now is this really funny thing that was on a website called The Spoof. And it was a, a, an article, obviously a spoof. And the headline is, Paramount Unveils Ideas for the Newest Star Trek Series. And we're not going to go through all of them, but they are very funny. They're Star Trek the Musical and Star Trek the Tribble <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> which great. Which, the, I like because it says, Research has shown that the Tribbles and Vulcans are everyone's favorite aliens from the original Star Trek series. And I paired them. You did? In a story. So I'm so ahead of the curve. Star Trek, the, Star, the Starfleet Academy soap opera. You know, I think that actually is an idea that they've pitched. They talked about doing Academy. Oh, listen to this. Shatner's next book, oh, no. he says it's going to be a two-book two thing, is set at Star Trek Starfleet Academy where young teenage Kirk and Spock meet. And get this, wait, <laughs> they meet before they're in the Academy. And this gets worse. Love. No. <laughs> it's But that's subtext. Um, and they get into so much trouble that the choices are go to jail or go to military school. I thought they were in military school. No, this is before they, oh. they, they end up in military school. But the thing that bugs me so much about that, among the many millions, but this is the one I'm going to grab onto, is we do see situations like this in modern life, you know, where uh -huh. parents send their troubled children to military school, but they don't get to go to West Point. Yeah. And 
the Naval Academy because you apply to those and it's very elite. Yeah. And they're not going to take somebody on the basis of, well, if he doesn't go to you, he's going to jail. They have to go to some real subpar right. military Especially school. Especially if they're like 16 years old, like Kirk was supposed to be when he got into the Academy because yeah. he was so brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, oh, that's that's going to be Shatner's Bill. next book. Bill. And plus, nobody has the nerve to say to him, Bill... It's in canon. Spock never went to Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what a duncel is. Yeah. That's how much of a duncel he is. You could call him duncel all day long and he wouldn't know he's he being insulted. He wouldn't know it. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, one of the ones we want to dwell on a little bit more is Star Trek Love Advice for Virgin Trekkies. Mm -hmm. And I just want to read some of this. The show title should appeal to most diehard watchers of the... Other series, as studies have shown that 94% of the fan base have not lost their virginity. This will be a Discovery Health Channel show moderated by William Get-A-Life Shatner. Because he's an expert on losing your virginity. <laughs> That's right. He's helped many, many people. Um, guest counselors and doctors will discuss such topics as how to talk to girls without wearing your Spock ears, <laughs> current events not involving NASA, the difference between the vulva and Vulcans. Why not to wear Star Trek underoos on a date if you think you might get lucky? So, wait. Do they actually make underoos for adults? It's funny you should ask that. Really? Because when I read this, I went and did a little bit of research. <laughs> you are the queen of research. Because I need to know these things. So it turns out that they used to make Star Trek underoos. Really? Well, they made underoos for adults, and I think they weren't actually Star Trek themed. They were like superhero themed. Right. And vaguely space oriented. I don't think Paramount actually licensed it. But let me tell you this. Yes. There's a website called webundies.com that has a large selection of not quite underoos, but definitely um, like superheroish underwear for men and women. And I took a good browse through that. And for women, you can get things like a Wonder Woman camisole and panties kind of thing going on. Is it? I mean, like, does it have her yeah, outfit it, painted it's, on it's, it? Yeah, it does. Okay. And then for guys, they have um, sort of a lot of boxers that are um, like Spider-Man and mm -hmm. Superman and stuff like that. And with other characters on them. And then they have a couple of pairs of boxer briefs that are sort of um, patterned. And there's one that's a little bit scary to me that... Is supposed to be Spider-Man, but really it just has his eyes on the front. It's a little frightening. Yeah. A little bit frightening. Wow. So if anybody out there is looking for superhero underwear, it's webundies.com. Well, I remember when the underoos came out, you know, the mm -hmm. ones for little kids. And I had a, a friend at the time, an adult, mm -hmm. who was going, they are missing such an oh, opportunity yeah. here not making these for adults. Because he wanted, I don't know who the superhero was, he wanted Green Lantern or somebody. He wanted those underoos. Yeah. Um, in, in looking around, I did find some Star Trek underwear, but I don't think they were actually licensed from Paramount. I think they were knockoffs. And I found a pair of boxer shorts that had the little Star Trek insignia on it, but it was upside down. Oh, no! Oh, no! So they didn't get it quite right, but, you know, it's like See, black with stars on it. They should, they should really go for this. You know, do it the way the official Starfleet underwear would be, because we know that the official Starfleet wrestling outfit is red, <laughs> red tights Woo, and nothing else. Literally nothing, nothing yeah. else. Um yeah, they should really go after that. They They're should. missing it. Because, you know, we were talking about Trekkie. Spend money. It's true. We'll buy this stuff. I would buy it. I have bought some really awful stuff just because it was so funny. Like that card I have that you move and it makes <laughs> um, Kirk and Marlena kiss. Oh, yeah. 
That's great. Well, you know, I have the little, um, the thing that you gave me for my desk at work, the thing with the snow in it, the snow globe. Yeah, and I put a Kirk picture in it. That's cool. You know what else? I just thought of this. This would be great. This would be a Mirror Universe toy. Oh, yeah? And it, do you remember, you used to get these when you were a kid, the two little Scotty dogs, one was white and oh, one yeah. was black, and they were on both sides of the thing, and as you moved one, the other one went. Uh-huh. Little, you know, two little Kirks mm-hmm. on magnets. <laughs> That could pop around, and you could have mirror universe fun. That would be funny. That would be very. We could. We should go to Paramount and just license some of these ideas. Anyway, I go on record as saying I would wear Star Trek underwear if I could find it. <laughs> I would. Well, it would depend if it was. I mean, nice underwear. Yeah, crap. you know. If it, yeah, if it wasn't, you know, the crap joke stuff. But I mean, but if it was nice, like this is the underwear I'd wear if I were in Starfleet. Yeah. Well, because it'd be my fleet issue underwear. That's right. Well, I mean, they should. You know, imagine the kind of underwear that Uhura wore. It would have to be classy, right? It would be a right. nice, classy kind of underwear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking she's a black lace person. Probably. And I'm thinking Christine is, is white with little rosettes. Uh, no, I was thinking more about powder <laughs> blue. Powder <laughs> blue, oh, right. Oh, my God. French for those, cut. For those who don't know, there is a, a whole series of stories about Christine that seem to focus almost exclusively on wardrobe and 99% of her clothes are powder blue and we read one where it was powder blue French cut panties and I don't know we laughed pretty hard it was pretty hard no no powder blue for me no powder blue no no maybe purple that would be all right (laughs) okay but not powder blue not powder blue okay (laughs) Oh, uh, anyway. I want the gold lame with fringe. I want the mirror oh, universe. The mirror universe ones. Yeah. The little sash thing on the side. Oh. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? That would be great. That would be great. The vest. Yeah. The vest, the vest. with the built-in bra. Yeah. No, no. Even better. The vest just kind of hangs open just a little bit. Oh, but you'd have to have a little support in there, don't you think? Well, I would, yeah. Well, I would, too. would too. We both would. There are yeah. women out there who wouldn't need it, but they're not on our show. That's right. Okay. All right. Did you want to finish reading that? Oh, okay. Um, oh, other things. Um, human sexuality does not include the Vulcan <laughs> Pond Farm mating ritual. Viewers will also be taught why not to tell a girl, you look hotter than seven of nine, or want to camp out with me for six days in front of the theater to wait for the opening of the next sci-fi movie. <laughs> i got to tell you the true definition of a geek. Yeah. I learned this. Oh, yeah? The true definition of a geek is you camp outside your own cubicle for a week before the next Lord of the Rings trailer is posted. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty geeky. I like that. I like that very much. Okay. Oh, uh, this one was funny, too. Okay, you read that one. Another show that they're proposing. Star Trek, Young Wesley Crusher Saves the World. This is projected as a Disney Channel Cartoon Network or Nick Jr. cartoon series. It follows the adventures of a young Wesley Crusher as he saves the world weekly from the latest alien invasion. I also want to read the next one. Oh, okay. So the Wesley Crusher thing I find really funny. (laughs) Although, I have to say again, I love Will Wheaton. And if he wasn't (laughs) married, I'd marry him right now. And, and poor Will, he couldn't help what happened to Wesley Crusher. He was just playing a character on TV. Do you think he would do a, a cartoon of it? A Wesley Crusher? Or does he want to just you know, like never you know, be you know, Wesley ever again? I have to say, again. I think he's made peace with that. Good for and, him. And he actually, so um, he says this in his book, when they did the last TNG movie, whatever it was called, Insurrection or something. Yeah. See, what a bad track. Insulation. <laughs> Resurrection, insulation, yeah. something, whatever. The Home Depot version. <clears throat> they wrote him into the script. 
because there was such a demand for him to come back. Really? And uh, he went and he filmed his scenes, and he said he had a great, great time seeing all the other actors and participating. And then they cut his fucking scenes out right at the end because they're bastards. So have they ever been like posted online, or no, are they on the DVD? they're not on the DVD. That was People were screaming when the DVD came out because it would have been so easy to include them. He said, you can see him. There's a panning shot of when Riker and Troy get married, and they show mm-hmm. everybody sitting at this long table, and he's sitting at the table, and you can see him for like a split second but they cut his scenes and he had very short scenes where he's just talking with Picard a little bit but he said he had a good time and he was glad he did it and it was okay hmm well, okay. So there. So, and the, um, the last next one, one is sort of Will Wheaton oriented anyway because of the topic. Star Trek Alien Poker <laughs> Tournament. The attempt to cash in on the poker craze will feature stars of all the series in costume <laughs> playing Texas Hold'em. The first player to go all in and get kicked off every episode will be a single episode red shirted security guard. Everyone will try to see if an unemotional Vulcan like Spock gives away any clues or is able to bluff. That's good. I like the idea of the security guard being the first. Oh, yeah, red shirts, bad. So good job, spoof. We like that, that. and I would tune into at least the uh, the premiere episode of any one of these shows. Absolutely. Well, maybe we should write them. I think I actually did kind of write the Academy (laughs) one in a few stories. I think you did, but with sex, but with sex and with humor and humor. Yes, and not cardboard characters. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so I guess it's disqualified on several accounts. Why must you be so good? Hey, and I did that cartoon script of the Academy called um, Academy Days. It was if um, if Chuck Jones wrote the Roadrunner (laughs) cartoons. Wrote Star Trek. I wrote. I wrote like a Roadrunner cartoon for the the Academy. That was funny. You know, I wrote a TNG script. You did. Not a real one. It's a parody of one. Uh huh. It's online. It's on my website. You remember that where Wesley Crusher saves the ship? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we're experienced. We're available. It's true. If you want to read my script, it's called. Uh, what's it called? I don't even remember. It's such a. Isn't long it time called ago. Wesley Crusher saves the ship? <laughs> Maybe it's no. It's not called the job for the young. That was uh, that was the other that one. was really funny. Where her is kicking his seat. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I can't even remember. What it's called conflict. That's what it's called. Conflict. It's a very descriptive title. Yeah. Anyway, it was about as snarky as I could make it. Um, okay, so now we're going to watch TV. Yay! Uh, we're going to watch the Nomad episode, right? Okay. Yeah, I think we should watch that first because we had a request. To Somebody talk about requested that. weeks ago that we would watch and talk about Nomad, so yeah. we're going to watch that one. We're going to do that. And that actually kills a couple birds with one stone because <laughs> if we watch Nomad, we never have to watch the motion picture. Oh, yeah. Because it's the, the same, same thing. Show. Right, yeah. I agree with you. Okay, so let's do that. So let's take a break, play some funny stuff, and uh, we're going to come back and talk about Nomad. want more send us money yeah really <laughs> eventually you know i read something about people doing podcasts should not um cheapen themselves by begging for money oh <laughs> from paypal and everything else but you know we're cheap well so um the show doesn't cost us anything to do except our time 
and the hosting at the site, which I, I split with somebody, so that's not much. We are going to have a Cafe Press thing set up pretty soon, which you're doing, right? Yeah, I'm supposedly working on that. <laughs> Sales director. Oh, man. Now I've got to title the pressure's yeah, on. Yeah, so eventually we'll have something there, and uh, you guys can all go and buy Look at His Butt stuff. And, you know, if you do enough of it, I promise we will invest that money in developing our, our futuristic sex toys yeah, line. Yeah, that'll be our seed money. Yeah. That'll be great. Cool. And you'll all be in on the IPO. Yeah. Ta-da! Friends and family, Ollie is. <laughs> Ollie is. Okay. So we just watched The Changeling. The Changeling. The, the Nomad, Nomad episode. episode. Yeah, which is actually called The Changeling, and I don't think either of us remembered that until it started. We thought, no. oh, it's called The no. Changeling. So um, it was an interesting story. I guess um, it was one of those that they call a, a shipboard story. Mm -hmm. They managed to save a lot of money because they didn't have to build any planet sets right they, but they spent it all building that nifty nomad yeah they spent it all on nomads that was that was pretty cool um as far as the the dramatic the dramaticness oops dramaticalism <laughs> oh my god i mean it was a, it was a well-told story it's too bad they ripped it off for the first movie yeah but this is um a notable episode because it is the first time uh, Kirk outlogics a That's computer. True. That's true. And that just sort of became a running it thing. It did. It was a, a running, uh, almost a joke by the end of it, unfortunately, because they used it so many times. Kind of off topic, but do you smell something burning? Oh, it's from outside. Oh, okay. Then continue. We're at my house, and my neighbors have... And it's on fire. <laughs> no, no, no. My neighbors on cold nights have a wood fire that oh, they start. Oh, okay. That's all right. It is. It's all right. The house is not on fire. Okay, good. Continue with No Man. So, um, so yeah, it was the first time where he outlogics a computer like that, and uh, the secondary players got a lot of time, which was kind of nice, too. Mm -hmm. So Scotty had some stuff happen, and, and Uhura got to do a bunch of stuff, although um, we were just... I know people have pointed this out before, but Nomad wipes her memory, and then she has to be re-educated, and why she knows Swahili before she knows anything else is beyond me. I mean, he says he wipes her knowledge banks, and I'm thinking, well, that means everything. Everything. Like, memories and all that, so why the hell would she know Swahili? I don't know. And she relearns everything in a week. Yeah. But she got to sing. Which, she got to sing. Which was yeah. good. So yeah. we were also saying, you know, she's singing, but it's not when Kirk's on the bridge. So presumably that's only when there's nobody in charge. That's her way of being rebellious. Right. They get to set the radio station to what they want. <laughs> when Kirk's not up there. Right. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> we can play cards. <laughs> Let's see. So, so we made some other notes. Okay, so the climactic scene here is Spock, who has a mind meld with Nomad. Like, what is that about? He has a mind meld with a computer? Come on. Oh, I know. Oh, plot I'm... device, you know. And, and I don't know. This is one of the things that annoys me, and, and Shatner himself pointed this out. We were watching the sci-fi version of this mm -hmm. where they keep interrupting with lots of commercials for... Um, Cinnamon buns. Cinnamon buns. And boy, did they look good. They did. They I did. Want some right now. Um, but also for these things called insights, where the stars talk. And Shatner doesn't point it out on this one, but in the insights of a later episode, he says something about they had this very powerful ship. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they did episodes where they had to beam down to the planet, one of the challenges was why can't the ship help them out? So it was mm -hmm. disable the ship. Right, and right. then he said they started giving Spock so many powers and abilities that it became disable the Vulcan. Yeah. And I thought, this is this is one of the earlier ones where, you know, it's like it's got these weird superpowers that we never find out mm -hmm. about until he needs them, and they're always adding to them. Yeah, yeah, like he was able to do telepathy at a distance later on. Once. Yeah, once, because 
the plot required it right. in that particular episode, The Return of the Archons. Oh, what a bad episode. Yeah. No, it wasn't Archons. It was uh, the Yangs and the Cones, the communist yeah, thing. Yeah, the one with the E Pluribi. <sighs> oh, man, that's a bad episode. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about that one. So Spock has a mind meld with the machine. Why they couldn't have just done that with him getting the information out of the computer? I guess it was dramatically better. Yeah, this was more dramatical. Dramatical. <laughs> and... There's also a really annoying profic, and this is a profic that many people cite as one of their favorites, and they think it's the best, Memory Prime. Did you ever read this no. one? It's one where this, the, the, the Federation is so stupid <laughs> that they have a, a big, huge planet that's a library where they've stored all oh, the knowledge right. yeah, they I know have, about that. and yeah. it gets blowed up real good. <laughs> oh. and, but the whole thing is there's these special people or special aliens i'm not remembering who can stick their fingers in these sockets and that's how they communicate with the the um computer but it's because they have implants or they're 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 aliens who are born that way or it was built to their specifications but spock because he's so smart can just put his fingers in and do it it's like i'm rolling my eyes yes (laughs) and i'm gagging so you can tell how much we like that idea Right. Uh, what else happened? Well, four red shirts bit the dust. So this was a four red shirt episode. <laughs> yes. They just dissolved. They I know. They just them right zoop, out of existence. They're gone. What do you think Star- Starfleet does to their for their families? You know, do they get a little letter that, or whatever, an email that, that yeah. says, we're really sorry, but, you know, your son was vaporized. <laughs> well, you know how in World War II and, and earlier wars, the families would get telegrams, yeah. and in the earlier wars, they got the letter edged yeah. in black. Yeah, yeah. So, do you get this special email alert that, you know... Has a black background? Has a black background or, or, or something so you know it's a bad news email the minute it shows up. I guess so. I don't know how they I do know. it. We also noticed that Nomad has an incredibly noisy fan. Yeah, he must have been iMac-based because <laughs> he does have the noisiest fans in the world. He really does. And also, we both thought that right before they beamed him out, that smoke came out of his little Nomad ears, or, yeah. or and they didn't. You know, I think I must have been... Mixing it up with um, uh, Harry Mudd and his androids. Did smoke come out of their ears? Oh, yes. Okay. From Norman. When, when he, oh, He right. definitely had smoke coming out of his ears. That's right. And that, you see, and now I'm a smelling smoke, so I was thinking it was Nomad <laughs> sort of smoking up my house. retroactively yeah. doing that to us, but oh. it, it turned out not to be. Right. And I also wanted to talk about... The little joke thing. Oh, at the end. so can I just say one thing before sure. that? We both noticed this: that Spock is so bitchy in this episode. <gasps> oh my god! I think I once ranted about this episode on that basis on the news group or something. That he's just so snippy and snotty and, and superior and smirky too. Yes, he's like he and McCoy. It's like oh. Stop it. He's got, he has got attitude. I mean, I would court-martial his ass all over the place for that. But anyway, at the end of the show, there's, you know, this dopey little joke about, you know, Kirk says, well, think how I feel. It thought I was its mother, my son, the doctor. And yeah. they all kind of, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And several episodes end that way on yeah, a lame joke, the joke that they, they laughed their way out of. And it's always made me think of two things. <laughs> When I used to be in theater, whenever you end a big musical number, this is how you know you're watching a musical, people, is about every 50 minutes, everybody on stage is facing front, grinning at you with their arms in the air. That's the end of the musical number. How the hell do you get out of that? And in so many musicals, after they held for the applause, it ends by people going, ah! <laughs> that was so much fun. Until they get back into position. So it always makes me think of that. But for some reason... 
the lame joke with the, the, the phony laughter, that seems to me the thing it has most in common with Bonanza. Oh, that's a good point. I have always felt there was some great similarity between uh -huh. these shows, and that's one of them, is the, the lame joke, yes. ha, 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 ha ending. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't know why they felt, I guess they couldn't think of a way out of it. Exactly. Uh, just like the musical theater. Yeah, like the musical theater, and they couldn't do a blackout. Yeah. <laughs> just say, okay, show's over. Back Bye. to work. Bye-bye. <laughs> We're going home oh, now. No. See ya. <laughs> oh, so, um, the other thing we noticed yes. about this episode, his butt looked so good. Oh, shiny pants. <gasps> Ooh, and there was a lot of butt shots. There is a lot of butt in this. There's not a lot of basket. There's no EVE. No. And you know what else struck me? We've done 11, 12 million shows now. <laughs> is, um... <laughs> For those who haven't been here since day one, an EVE is an extremely visible erection. I'm assuming you all know what a butt and a basket are. But, yeah, it didn't have that butt. Yeah. Great, great butt shots. Yeah. And, and his pants are so tight, they are like ballet tights. They are. They're very tight. It's too bad that they did a bad job with his hair in this particular episode. There's brill cream all oh. over the place. I was surprised that the lights weren't making it catch on fire, frankly. <laughs> and you Just, talked about the, the lighting was not so the great. The lighting was bad either. in this episode. So two things. Um, first of all, you know, I was going to say this while we were watching it, but these Star Treks that they were showing on the Sci-Fi Channel were supposedly like a remastered from the original prints. This looked terrible. Yes, it It was did. very washed out. The colors were bad. All and through. Spock's color was really sick looking just bad he looked so, really yellow yeah i would like to see this on the dvd just to see how it looks so maybe we could rent it or something i don't mm -hmm. want to buy it uh depending on what the it's paired with though actually because you know there are two episodes right. on each disc well we'll find out but it, it didn't look very good and I, the lighting in this compounded it so normally in in uh, tos the lighting from overhead is fairly bright yes except for dramatic scenes and the lighting for this seemed to be kind of lateral there was a lot of, you would see a character and half their face would be light, like the left half, and then the other half would be in shadow. It was not very flattering. And the thing the is, actors. that's an effect they used really well in a lot of Star yeah. Trek episodes, but this that was, sort of chiaroscuro, the yeah. dark and light. But it, it was, it was none of it was stark enough here to be no. that good contrast. So it was just kind of yucky. It looked kind of yucky. And plus, Shatner, his face was sunburned. So yeah. <laughs> the makeup, yeah, his nose was a little red. I, he had been out in the desert, or we speculate, doing his motorcycle thing. And right. Picking uh, cactus spines out of his butt with a pair of pliers, yeah. as he once said. Poor Bill. Poor Bill. Um, the other interesting thing, though, is this was early in the uh, in the run of when they were showing it on sci-fi and at the end they did oh, show yeah. the coming attractions the original ones and the the coming attraction for the next episode was one of our absolute oh. favorites mirror mirror so we're both sitting here oh look at him look at him look at how good he looks look at the uniform and oh we love it we love it and right after that, <laughs> they showed two coming attractions and the next one was one of the really bad episodes of the apple the apple oh <laughs> but what i liked about it is i don't like the episode the apple but it is the episode I would nominate for people dying in the stupidest, <laughs> yes. funniest ways. And they did show at least three of them yep. in the coming attraction, which is... The plant. Well, we saw, um, yeah, the plant yeah. and spritz one guy and he dies. Then a guy steps on a rock and gets blown up. <laughs> then 
was Spock the next one they showed? Yeah, I think so. And he dies really bad because <laughs> he sort of, the, the plant spritzes him and he sort of goes cross-eyes and spins around real slow. And then he falls down on the ground and as he hits his knees, he suddenly flips over. So he ends up on his back and won't knock his ears off. <laughs> I think it was also so that he didn't have to fall on his tricorder. Because no, really, I'm serious. <laughs> they teach that in Starfleet training. Well, they don't do. fall on your tricorder. <laughs> These things are expensive, and you will be fined. So as they're filming this, the prop man is off screen going, "Leonard, Leonard, don't fall on the tricorder. <laughs> they cost six hundred dollars a piece." And Flip the over, guys. Going, we don't have any more ears today. You've used them all. Oh, very funny. The other ear story I like is um, at, at a con, the guy who played Dr. Mbenga mm-hmm. in uh, whatever episode he's in. He's in a couple episodes. But there's the one where he has to slap Spock right. to bring him out of the oh, right. coma. Yes. And then one of those strange <laughs> Vulcan things. And apparently, they were, he tells his story. They were filming this, and that scene came at the end of the day, and Nimoy had somewhere he had to be, so he didn't want to do a lot of takes. And I guess usually when you're doing this sort of thing, the first few takes are kind of tentative with mm-hmm. the actor getting used to the motion of hitting you and not wanting to hurt you and... And Nimoy told him, he said, I don't have time for that. we got to get it in one take, you know, so just really give it to me. And so the guy just hauled off and slugged him, <laughs> and his ears went flying. So then Nimoy had to spend all this time in the makeup chair getting ears put back on to reshoot it, and he missed his appointment. Oh, but poor Leonard. Boy, why isn't there a blooper reel of that? Oh, wouldn't you love to see that? That would be Pow, so funny. and they go flying And off. it would kind of be getting back at Spock for how snippy and snotty he was it's in the true. Nomad episode. It's true. What a bitch. <laughs> he was. He was a bitch, a bitch of a Vulcan. He was. What a queen bitch. He could have <laughs> been an elf in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he could have. So I think in the future we are going to do a whole show about Mirror Mirror because there is so much to say about that episode. Oh, yes. my goodness. Yeah. It's just, it's action-packed. It's campy. It's funny. It's sexy. It's, it's everything. It's sexy as hell. Marlena is one of the, like, top two most gorgeous women and ever the whole Uhura uh, Sulu thing oh my god where she that bare midriff Ooh. oh my god she looks so fabulous and I gotta tell you whenever I'm at the gym doing my crutches and working out I think I would love to have an Uhura <laughs> midriff I would love which is never gonna happen but oh oh so wonderful yeah so there you are everybody now we talked about that episode ta-da so we're done um, moving right along, I have one more thing to talk about before we take a break, and that's a book that I just finished reading, which is um, a Star Trek X-Men crossover book. I did not know this existed until a friend of mine called my attention to it and said, did you know that this existed? And I said, uh, no. So I decided to buy it, and I bought it for 19 cents on Amazon. <laughs> I love Amazon. Did they throw in a sex toy? Uh, no, they didn't. I actually bought two copies, one for me and one for my friend, and we read it together so that we could kind of compare notes on it. And uh, it's written by a guy named Michael Jan Friedman, Mike, who's written a lot of Star Trek books. He's also written a lot of comic books, too, so mm-hmm. I guess he was well qualified to do this. And this book came out in, um, hang on a second, 1998 was when it was originally published. It's a pocket book. And uh, it's one of the endless stream of novels that have been published. And this is Star Trek Next Generation meets the X-Men. And the book is called Planet X. There are many X's in this book. X's all over the place. But it's not like triple X rated. No, or it's not. There's no sex. Mm, there's well, kind of there's implied sex, but anyway, it's implied next gen sex. Yeah, which, which makes is just <laughs> not sex. No, not at all. So. Um, I'm going to talk about this book a lot more on my other podcast. The things I wanted to say just were the Star Trek-related parts of it. Um, 
it's not a very good book. <laughs> Let's get, get that out of get the way. That out of the way. It's okay. You know, it's kind of forgettable. It's fluffy. Uh, the there are things about the way the X Men are portrayed which are just weird. Um, but I can just skip over that. The the TNG stuff is kind of interesting. Um, there's an implied romance between Picard and the leader of the X-Men, who's a woman, by the way. <laughs> she doesn't seem to have a whole lot of function besides being Picard's love interest here, which is really stupid because she is the leader of the X-Men and, you know, the authority figure, but they don't make a whole lot of that here. Um, I also wanted to talk about the cover of this book. Now, when I was researching this online a little bit, because I research everything online, like my breakfast, um, <laughs> so there, it's a... It's drawings of the, some of the main characters. So there's Riker and Data and Worf from the Enterprise crew. And then from the X-Men crew, there's Storm, who's the leader, Picard girlfriend. And there's Wolverine, who's one of the characters. And then there's a guy with a green face, as you can see. And mm -hmm. I said to my friend, who I'm reading the book with, who the hell is that? <laughs> and he said, I think it's supposed to be um, the professor from the X-Men. So the X-Men have this leader who's a telepath and... Professor Xavier. But he doesn't look like this, and he's not green. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it looked kind of like the projection of the Wizard of Oz. It does look like the projection of the Wizard of Oz. Now, as I said, I was researching this online, and all of these different reviews I read said, oh, and there's a picture of um, Picard and Xavier on the front of the book. Okay, like, Picard is not on the front of this book, and I don't think this is supposed to be the professor. And so, Picard is almost never green. Right, so <laughs> I don't know who this is, and I'm very confused about that. And it doesn't match any of the descriptions. There's aliens in this book, too. He doesn't mm -hmm. look like any of the other aliens. So I'm very confused. Now, the big joke about this book is that... It's the Wizard of Oz. I just looked at it closely. <laughs> um, in the world of media... Uh, Jean-Luc Picard is played by Patrick Stewart and in the movies that they've made about the X-Men Professor Xavier is played by <laughs> Patrick Stewart and they comment on that in the book they actually make a little joke oh ha 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 he's got a passing resemblance you know right oh, ha, ha, ha. that is just so very amusing so uh, it's just not not a very good book and you know um, the Enterprise sort of saves the day there's a sort of there's a plot that happens <laughs> and gets resolved there's some mean aliens who get their asses kicked. The blue meanies. They're kind of like blue meanies. They're pretty, pretty evil. Uh, and why they do the evil things that they do is not very well explained. Um, my main complaint about this book, besides that it's not very good, but I'm kind of used to that with the Star Trek books because in general they're not very good, is that uh, there was a comic book that was a Star Trek Next Generation X-Men crossover that came out before this paperback. And they constantly refer to it in the book... <laughs> Without explaining what the hell happened. And I didn't know that there was a comic book because I didn't buy comic books in the 80s and 90s. And it leaves you totally lost. And, and there's no exposition to really help you out except for this one really bad paragraph. I should have marked it. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but it is the epitome of uh, the data dump that doesn't actually explain anything. So um, you can talk about something while I try to find this. I feel like a moron because I didn't mark <laughs> okay, it. Okay, well, I will talk about something. There's another Star Trek crossover book. Oh, oh, there's a comic book that I ordered. Oh, okay. Which is coming. So when it comes, it's TOS. Oh, okay. Um, which we will get and we can both look at because that might be a little more interesting. Okay. So it's the, the crossover book I'm thinking of is one of the first profix I read back when I finally started reading profix. I was so desperate for Star Trek. Uh -huh. And it's called Ishmael. 
Oh, Ishmael. I love Ishmael. And it's got a picture. You almost, you can't get it anymore. It's out of print, and yeah. I'll tell you why. It's got a picture on the cover of Spock in, like, an old West outfit playing poker. And I okay, this is interesting, and you read the blurb on the back. Okay, great. And I start reading it, and I'm reading away, and I'm going, hey, this is Here Come the Bride. It's so good. For those of you who maybe remember that show, which I believe only had two seasons. <laughs> but the thing is, Nowhere in the marketing of this or on the cover does it say it's a crossover with yeah. Here Come the Brides. And I think the writer snuck it in under the read, under the radar. The people publishing it knew nothing mm -hmm. and put the book out. I think that's why you can't get it anymore. Oh. So they finally went, shit, we are in major copyright violation because we got no permission from any of these yep. people. But it is a fun book. Oh, I love Ishmael. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's well written, mm -hmm. really well written. Uh, I think it's written by Esther Friedman, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I would have to go. It's yeah. up in the other room. But, yeah. yeah, it's a great, great book. I love it. It's funny, too. Yes. Really funny, and stuff happens. Okay, so I found it. Let me read this to you. Okay. So, now, uh, this is, in the first couple of chapters, it, this is just dropped in, apropos <laughs> of nothing. Boom! Picard's thinking. Hmm, he's thinking. Uh, on So, Picard, on his way back from a confrontation with the Borg in Earth's 21st century. Now, I believe that's the first contact movie. Okay. So, okay. So the movie First Contact. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so, you're okay, right. Okay, got it. I got that frame of reference. Okay. Fine. The captain had found himself embroiled in a scheme by someone named Kang the Conqueror to disrupt established timelines. Is he a cousin of Kroll the Conqueror? Know. Not only the one to which Picard himself belonged, but also the one where the X-Men fought oppression and injustice. With the mutants' help, the captain and his crew had crossed timelines to thwart Kang's scheme. Then, using the villain's own time-hook device, they had returned to their proper time and place. The X-Men had employed Kang's time-hooks as well, with very different results, it seemed. That's it. End of exposition. I gotta tell you, though. What the hell? I just love the idea of a time-hook. What the fuck is a time-hook? <laughs> you use it to crochet a time afghan. <laughs> right? <sighs> Wait, I made a mistake. Get that time, time hook. hook. <laughs> I think it's the, the hook that they use to pull people off stage. And they also have a time bums rush as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they so do. Anyway, so I'm just very frustrated by that. I think that pocketbooks could have, like, okay, so I'm saying Ordover could have done a better job with this. Well, um, they could have explained it a lot better. They could have put a page in the front or something that just said, here's what happened in the comic book so y'all know what's yeah. going on. But they didn't. Well, you know, you pick up <sighs> the two towers by Tolkien, and there's a whole big thing on the front telling yeah. you what happened in the first book. Yeah. And, I mean, that is appreciated. Let me tell you, here's a, here's a way to piss people off, because it pisses me off and I'm a person. <laughs> you are. I am, most of the time. Okay, first of all, I will never, ever, ever again buy a book that says, the first in a trilogy, yeah. because... I'm not waiting six years, eight years, 12 years uh -huh. for the rest of the damn thing to show up. Because yeah. I got, you know, snookered by that a couple of times. Yeah, Robert Jordan, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of the, the writer's name who pissed me off. But by the time the second book came and the third book came, I'd totally forgotten the first book. And he does nothing to update you. And you know who's now doing that and just doesn't bother to update you at all? Larry Niven. Oh, really? Oh, has got like bad. his gazillionth ring world uh, novel out and it just starts up you're stuck i remember
remember when there were only three Ringworld novels. Yeah, and, and I only remember really liking the first one, but I mean, there's a, a ton of them. Wow, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh, so we're on record here. We don't like things like that, where you have to have prior knowledge, or you need to keep buying them just to figure out what the heck happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I said that about Robert Jordan, and I know a lot of people really like his writing, but what's he on, like book number 11 now or something? Yeah. He keeps turning them out, but man, it takes a long time. And Oh, it's those Dan Simmons Hyperion novels. Oh. It, it are the ones I was thinking of, yeah. where, you know, it was years between one and two and two and three, and I totally had no clue. Just can't do it. Yeah. And they're too long, and I liked them okay, but they're, I didn't like them well enough to sit down and reread six to nine hundred pages so I can pick up the next installment. Yeah. Let me also say, as long as we're on this, we're like way out of track now, but that's okay. This is science fiction related, okay? Yeah, yeah. Neil Stevenson? <laughs> I've never even read him because you warned me off. <laughs> you know? So I, I, one of my other friends actually read the books that he's been writing because he's a bigger fan than I am. I really like Neil Stevenson. I liked his early books. I loved um, Diamond Snow Crash and Diamond Age, really good. I read Cryptonomicon, which was really entertaining, but it was 900 pages? And needed an editor in a big, big way, mm. and that was supposed to be the first book of a trilogy. But instead of writing, no, instead of writing the other two books in the trilogy, he went back and wrote a prequel. Two he prequels. Should, he should be shot. Get the time oh. and give him the time bums rush. I just, I don't have time in my life. No, I have things to do. Right. So, anyhow, um, let's take another break, and okay. then we have some other things. That we do. My God, this can be the longest. I know show this ever. is going to be a long show, but, but it's okay because it goes to eleven. It, <laughs> It does. And it's 10 o'clock now. Okay. We have another hour. Great. <laughs> hey there. This is Elena. So obviously I lied. We're not coming back for another part of this show because it's already an hour long. So we're going to call this part one, going to end the show here, and then we're going to be back with part two sooner rather than later, so probably less than a week before the next show is up. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.